Welcome to the Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. In this last part of my conversation with neuroscience student May, we talk about nonverbal communication in partner dance and wrestling, and also about vulnerability. switch gears a little bit I and I feel like what I uh, what I want to talk what I feel like talking about next is a little bit of a departure from our sure. uh, previous topic and it's about nonverbal. Ah, okay it's a different one I thought we were gonna go somewhere else yeah I want to talk about the poly stuff which we haven't yeah. talked about yet the, there was a good sequitur in the relationships uh, oh, talk we had earlier about poly stuff because you're talking about being open but um ah, you're see. you're ready to do we some nonverbal communication and as you kind of pointed out the paradox is that what are we fucking gonna talk about using words about nonverbal communication <laughs> but i think as long as you're preaching to the choir nobody needs to say anything yeah nonverbal communication but I feel like you have to imagine that you're speaking to the people who are in the world of verbal communication, advertising yes. nonverbal communication. <laughs> so That's to, a wonderful to setup. that world, I, like that. I think it is important to put it in words as a gateway. Hello, yeah. guys, this is the verbal gateway <laughs> into the world of nonverbal communication. So welcome, it's a little bit of welcome. an invitation. You have to meet okay. them where they are. Come, give me a hug. <laughs> yes. You would like a hug? Yeah. Here's so one. what is the verbal hug from so, the nonverbal world? Um, why why do you feel like it's important or I'll know, start like, with a couple preface a little bit of a preface which is that especially like, I should say especially from someone who's so verbally articulated <laughs> yeah that's actually part of the preface I think as a young person I uh, everything's a spectrum but I think that I have a couple of autistic traits some of it being you know like my mom would say I, I think sometimes you don't know how you come across mm. and and this feeling of like my I would say things to people and be kind of like emotionally detached from the impact of the words I didn't realize what they hit so I think like and and it's very autistic trait to want to communicate hyper verbally you know um, and and I think social interaction was kind of tough for me as a young person and I would get around the difficulty by going meta I would just like discuss the framework that we were in I would discuss the structure of the thing that we were engaging with um, so, you know, going back to this is now almost two hours ago in our conversation. Um, you asked me, like, it's amazing how you can say these things so easily, like as if they're they. But like you have you have spent so much time working with them, like, you know, they seem so complicated, but you you just say them as if it's like someone wrote it for you and you're just reading it. Um, and so I think that that's something that I practiced a lot when I was younger was like, I didn't feel, I felt very far away from everybody else. Um, and, and, and I didn't know how to bridge that gap to them. And I didn't feel like it was, it, it, the environment didn't seem to show me that they could bridge that gap to me. And so the best way that I learned to do it was like becoming hyperverbal and yeah. being very explicit. And it did, I think yeah. in some ways... That was like, like one of your strong points probably. It was like, hey, I can't do this word thing. Yeah. So let me try and use that as much as I can exactly. to build this communication. Bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think it, it worked well for me with people who were conducive to this verbal style, who liked discussing things in a meta perspective. So I would often like go above myself and say, I'm feeling this 
I see that you're feeling this, which was actually kind of like an empathetic way to discuss, but it was a bit dissociative as well. Yeah. Where like I would dissociate myself from the situation and then discuss it in a bit more of a stepped back point, yeah. which was often a very easy way to get to understanding. It was kind of vulnerable, but not always like, it wasn't painfully vulnerable. And uh, it worked really well. Did you really say well. it was an easy way to get to understanding? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so that that's like kind of a preface for my background, which is that I I, uh, I was I was a very hyperverbal person as a young person. I talk a lot. I'm still very verbal. I like to talk. I enjoy communicating with people. But actually, I think what I enjoy is communicating with people. And talking just seems to be everyone's preferred mode of communication a lot of the time. It's very effective. You can get a lot across. But um, this takes me to kind of like the intro to the welcome to nonverbal communication, which is that I do I do a lot of partner dancing. Yeah. Um, I do blues and fusion and swing and zouk uh, and I've done a little bachata so like kind of all of these different cultural styles of, of dance as, and swing includes like lindy hop people are sometimes more familiar with that um, and I think the crazy thing about doing a partner dance with someone and I mean I you'd be blown away if I took you to a partner dance event if you've never been to one like just the choreography that it seems like people have like that just like with yeah. people they don't even know, you know? I've, I've seen it a couple of times yeah I've been to yeah a couple of events. Uh, i've been to some contact improv yep that's also. another form yeah. yeah so you have these my mom i took her to i taught her how to partner dance a little bit and she's like always she'll say this all the time to people when she talks about it she's like it was amazing how people would come up to each other and they'd have this like amazing dance where like they were on the same page so much and they'd walk away from each other at the end like they didn't even know each other at all. Yeah. And the answer is probably that they didn't. And she yeah. was just blown away by this, that people could communicate so fluidly, easily and dynamically mm -hmm. in such a beautiful way mm -hmm. without even having to speak any words to each other, without having to know each other at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it. So I've been, I've been doing partner dance for almost eight years now. Um, and... Uh, I think one of the things that always astounds me about it is that I'll be in these communities where the way that, for those who aren't familiar with social dance, um, the way that partnered social dance tends to work, and you can, if you just Google like Lindy Hop near me or Bachata or Salsa there's, near me, you'll find it. There's fucking tons of that in yes. Austin. And yeah, they love it there. And yeah. pretty much every major city in America and lots mm -hmm. of them in Europe, I'm not sure about like uh, South Korea actually is like, the strongest Lindy Hop scene in the world. <laughs> I know. Weird. It's crazy. But yeah. so so that's a bit of a tangent. But point being that people will show up to these events on their own. So, and then there's usually a class at the beginning that teaches you some basic vocabulary within the dance. So you still have to learn it like a language. Um, and then they teach it to you. you. You rotate through random people that you don't really know and you practice it with them. And then they have what's called a social dance, which is where they just play music and uh, you ask people to dance. You say, hey, do you want to dance? Um, and then they say yes or no, and then you have this dance. And so you practice that vocabulary that you've been taught in your lessons. And it's, it's very similar to learning a language because you show up, you get taught vocab, yeah. you get taught grammar, you get taught structures, yeah. and then you have to I go practice. I think the sense and feeling of vulnerability is also the it's same. It's also there, <laughs> yeah. Because you feel... You feel like you're you're in a country that's not familiar to you, yeah. like in a, a language that you like don't speak. Exposed. Yeah, you are. Like a when shit, first, I'm gonna fail. Everyone is, yeah. and and so I think a lot of what's what's really the hardest barrier to entry for partner dance is actually people come and they see people who have been doing this, they have worked at the thing, and they see them speak so fluidly, and they're like, I could never be that good. I'm so bad at it. And I'm like, dude, I could show you videos of me when I first danced, 
I looked so bad. I was awful. But you would not look at me today and think I ever could have looked like that. Like you would, you would be like, you would not recognize the two dancers that I was. And every dancer <laughs> is like that. Um, and so you really just have to be willing to fail and to jump yeah. in and to, to be embarrassed, to be vulnerable, to keep trying. And, yeah. and you'll pick it up through osmosis. You just show up often enough and you, you know what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, but so that's, that's kind of the preface. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if I finished out social dance, but it's, you know, a bunch of people who don't know each other generally, who build a community where they get to know each other through the dance. Um, and through interacting with one another and and sometimes you'll get people traveling from all over so you meet people from all over the world from these kinds of hobbies um, and I think that like the most stark thing to me has always been from it that like I don't, I don't spend a lot of time talking at partner dances I, I mostly just dance I just show up I ask people to dance and you know we'll introduce ourselves we'll share names I might know a little bit of backstory about them and and sometimes you get closer to people and you start seeing them outside of dance you become friends with them but actually largely most of my partner dance communities which i've been part of many like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that i know i've never even had a conversation with i've just danced with them and i know their bodies and i know how they inhabit themselves and how they engage with the world like so intimately and so like lovingly and yet i have no idea what they like i have no idea what they're interested in i have no idea like what kind of humor they have or what what their accent is like or where they're from like I just I don't know any of the things that you usually know about the people that you're communicating with and uh, it's I find it so magical like it's just yeah. so yeah it's so unlike any other form of communication that I know about and and I, there are people that I've gone months dancing with where like my body's pressed up against theirs weekly uh, I know where they like to be touched and and I don't mean this in like a sexual sense but just like I know where what fits you know like where they can hear if I'm touching them there like if I'm connected to them at certain parts of their body like they hear what I'm trying to say better and I hear them better and I mean here like it's like it feels like hearing because like you know they'll move and I can feel the torque change you know I can feel like the the resistance of of we're pushing or we're pulling or we're stretching or compressing and like we're moving forwards or backwards like I can feel the changes in that flow mm. and it feels like language because I'm like oh you know normally when I feel this thing it leads to this you know so there's like uh, do you have any synesthetic tendencies like oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah I do oh, yeah. Coming to it. Coming absolutely to it. well before we get to that uh, another moment of me sharing vulnerably okay uh, so when we connected you and I it yeah. was through like pretty much a purely verbal yeah, exchange entirely. like oh wow this person and I are like exchanging these words it's just great <laughs> and, and I think the world of words is a world where I know I'm like good at it yeah yeah you, you know? are so it's like a pretty uh, like the intellectual concepts and you're very insightful pretty, you're good yeah. at seeing people and people like that they connect with it but when you sent me the email and you said the nonverbal thing and the dancing, I was like, I feel nervous. <laughs> I feel nervous not about talking with you about it because we're still talking about it. Yeah. But I feel nervous by the by the by the idea of all of this stuff that you're talking about because I think it's outside my comfort zone. Yeah. One time I had a podcast interview with a teacher at a 10-day silent meditation retreat and I invited him on my podcast and I was asking him all these questions and he repeated something that he had 
told me one time in one of the brief like one-on-one -on -one question answer sessions yeah which are the couple times that it punctuates the 10 days of silence he said neil i'm warning you you are too intellectual and he said wow. yeah he said I'm, I'm warning you it is going to he was very intense he was like this is going to become a hurdle to your spiritual progress you are you have to learn to be a body yeah he was like you are thinking about it too much you are, you're yeah. talking about it too much you're questioning it etc <laughs> and he gave me some examples of a couple of like very one particular very smart academic person who just couldn't make headway into their meditation because their brain was filled with words about it. They were trying too hard. And so he said that to me and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm trying to try to not be very upset about it. But it hurt. Uh, it was scary probably to hear yeah, that. Yeah, a little bit. I was like, I don't think he really understands that I am not as purely intellectual as he thinks I am. But then when you're talking about all this stuff, I was like, Shit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've stretched myself to nearly my fullest potential when it comes to this intellectual, conceptual, verbal world. But this is a world in which I've not no stretched the rubber band. Yeah. And uh, I can be very easily out of my self-assured, confident fa facade. Yeah. The moment I'm on, like, on the dance floor and I'm You're like, like oh, I don't know how to speak this language. Fuck, I'm like, move. I look stupid. Yeah. And uh, I like think going back part to being of me, yeah, and I think a part of me is also scared of nonverbal intimacy. Yeah, I think a lot it's of like people are. Like I keep are. going back to words. Yeah, and a lot of what you were saying is like I will tell them, I will start telling them, this is how I'm feeling about this. Yeah, this is how you're feeling probably. And I think part of that is good because I am trying to yeah. bring the emotions to the surface, but a part of that is intellectualizing the emotions, which which funnily shields me from their full impact yeah. in a certain way and the full it's vulnerability. True. Yeah. I, I'm i feeling so comfortable just talking about this right it's, now because it's the words. It's what you do. Yeah. It's words. Well, yeah. we're doing a podcast, you know, and like yeah. I, I wish that people could see me as I say what I say because I think you're actually seeing a much more dynamic version of what I'm saying because I'm speaking with my body and I'm speaking with my hands and I'm speaking with my shift in my posture, you know, like there's so much that carries us on this journey together that actually the audience doesn't get to see because they can't see me. They can't interact with me. They can't touch me. And and that's where a lot of me is. I, so much of me is in my body. And it's nice. I like it. I really like So what like should it. I do? Go dance. Do you have tips? Go dance. I do go dance. Yeah. And I do go dance a lot of like EDM stuff. Yeah. But it's not partner. Yeah. That's the thing that makes me nervous. It's like partner dancing. Go have sex? Uh, that also makes me nervous. No, <laughs> yeah, I, it used to make me nervous. I think it still yeah. does make me nervous, but not for the same reasons. But um, yeah. I don't know. I think I think that's why I wanted to talk about nonverbal communication is because I feel like we live in a society that's actually moving more and more towards hyperverbal. You know, social media. You have to write everything down. You have to explain it out. It is so damn exhausting. It's a disembodying experience. Yes, it is. It's like your body is the last thing that matters on the list. It's true. But actually, yeah. your body is where you... Like, it is the core of who you are, you know? Yeah. It is so... People like to think of the, like this brain in a jar idea. Um, 
It's bullshit. Like, you could not have a brain in a jar. Well, you could put a brain in a jar, but it wouldn't be a person like you yeah, or I. Uh, but, you know, like, my, my take on that would be even if you're a brain in a jar and this is a simulation, and inside the simulation you happen to have this thing called a body which has this rich capacities yes. for interaction with the environment, you should take advantage of it. Absolutely. <laughs> Bottom Absolutely. line is why you And you should you? treat it well. You should take care of it. You should learn to yeah. communicate with it. Like, people need to learn to speak with themselves. And I don't mean just, like, talk in their minds. But, like, when you're anxious, sometimes you need to run. Sometimes you need to do some yoga. Sometimes you need to move just to get it out. You know, because, like, you don't have to only communicate with your mind with words and with thoughts. Like, you can communicate with actions. You know, like, if I'm upset with you, maybe we just wrestle. Like, maybe we just get in a fight. And, like, that's actually okay. You know, I, like... Obviously, there's lines. Yeah. Like, violence is dangerous, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I know my friend who's a physics PhD person, hyper-intellectual. He said that the highlight of his day would be his Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes. Yeah. yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. It's nice to just struggle against something. And, like, you know, some, I, I, being socialized male, I feel like I have a bit more of appreciation for, like, physical altercation. Because, like, sometimes I was, me and my buddies, we're pissed at each other. We just wrestle it out. And, like, neither of us really wanted to hurt the other. We just had to get it all out. You know, and I'm not an angry person. So it was never, like, a... It was very, very rarely coming from a place of anger. But it was just easier than, like, having to talk about what we felt and what we were thinking. Yeah. Like, we would just, like, ah! Yeah, like, yeah, we'll yeah. just wrestle it out. And then There's at the just end, some pressure building in a different non-formal yeah. mode that needs to happen in that mode. Yeah. And it cannot be substituted, no. really, by... And, and actually, it was mm. very releasing. Because, like, yeah. at the end, you didn't say any words, but you understand each other. Yeah. You feel... And you actually feel closer to each other. Like, you have each other's back. Where you're, like, we've stood toe-to-toe. And we've wrestled it out, and yeah. we, we both came out, okay, you know, and like, now I've got your back, you know, like, it's a bonding moment in a way, and, yeah. and there's, there's other non-violent or non, non-aggressive versions of this too, you know, where like, if you do something that is very kind to me, uh, and I want to appreciate you for it, I could give you a hug, I could give you a kiss, I could do, you know, any number of things that's not thank you, Neil, and let me tell you what it meant to me, I can yeah. show you what it means to me. And some people, you know, you, this is like love languages stuff where like some people actually really like communicating with their bodies and they prefer to be understated with their words. Some people really prefer to hear explicitly what it is, you know. Um, but like when I'm, when I'm joyous, I want to jump. When I'm angry, I want to punch. Like there, I, there, I do have these physical connections to, to the world and to my body that get out the same emotion in a very different way, you know. When I'm in love, I want to kiss. I don't want to just tell them. I want to. I want to hold them. I want to move them. I want to. I want to pleasure them. Like even when I'm engaging in something like intellectual and thoughtful, I feel like you know uh, I like to walk. You know, I, the motion helps. Like just doing anything, having my body be involved in the activity is so much fun. You know, uh, like as we're talking, I'm doing a lot of gesturing and like moving my hands around and that's another form of us non-verbally communicating that's you know a quality that my best conversations have yeah. is I lose track of time <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it's been three hours definitely happening yeah, <laughs> yeah. well yeah. Uh, and um I don't know I'm, I'm always kind of nervous to bring up like the the one about wrestling like the violence as a an acceptable form of interaction um because I, I'm not a violent person and I don't condone being hurtful to others, you know, and I, I want to be clear that it's not 
oh, when you're upset, you should just go punch people. Like, that's really not the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I just, I think there is value in letting your frustrations out in a way that's not just talking about it because the talking about it is so dissociated from what you're feeling. Whereas, like, you know, sometimes when people are angry, they'll go on a run, they'll go lift weights, they'll go, you know, swing a baseball bat and hit something, you know, or hit a ball. Like, you, you play sports to let out these 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 frustrations sometimes or or you know to engage with your body and mm-hmm. so there, there there's a spectrum you know and I, I i want to live in a society where people have the freedom to communicate with one another non-verbally whether yeah. it's good or bad you know yeah. like I, I i will not condone hurting others for the sake of hurting others but if you want to you want to wrestle it out like that's fine by me and i don't think that and i, I think there are some things that like should be like you shouldn't just get away with like you should punch fascists you know like some things that should not be gotten away with that that like you know there's no amount of words that i can say to someone who wants to strip the rights of the majority of the world that will make them change their mind i'm just going to deck them because i want them to know that there's no place for that you you cannot get away with being that version of bad that version of awful without some consequence you know and and actually like verbal consequence is really not that bad usually like or or a systemic consequence right like deplatforming someone is a form of violence that is very effective taking away their ability to speak is is so violent more violent than me just punching them actually but it's it's more accepted because you haven't hurt the body mm-hmm. uh but you've hurt the mind and the soul and the connection to other um and and I, I I don't know I think that there's this is a very deep and and messy topic actually um, which I think gets away from what I appreciate about nonverbal communication yeah. but I also just appreciate the side of things you know where like sometimes it's just it's quicker to communicate with your body than yeah, your yeah. than your words sometimes yeah. if you're you're willing and you're capable yeah, yeah. Um, I mean as humans we're the end product of an evolutionary process where for a much, much longer time we evolved as our body uh-huh. than we did as our mind. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at some point I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to try this partner dancing thing a little bit because <laughs> one of my roommates got interested in it. And he used to have great difficulties like socially forming connections yeah. with like, you know, words and whatever. And so he started getting really into partner dancing. Nice. And he was like trying to get me hooked as well. And I went in there and uh, the conclusion I reached was, you know, George, I have a easy enough time making connections in my life. I think this is an avenue where you have suddenly this started good for you, discovering for that you. non-verbally you're being able to now connect with people yeah. that you are verbally failing. And so for you, the cost to benefit ratio is really working out. But for, for me, you, the cost is very high. Yeah, I was like, the cost is kind of high for me and the benefit is not that great. Yeah. And I kind of told myself, hey, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I tried it a couple times and then I was like, okay, done. And I was like, you know what? And then you have to pay money to go to this club. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'm going to go back to my solo rock climbing. Oh, that's great. I engage do, with your body. Yeah, I do engage with my body, but... I don't have to deal with other people. I don't think I want to deal with other people. <laughs> uh, so I had a set of uh, reasons, and I think some of them are true. But I do feel like there is, I don't think I can completely ignore this. I think there is something there that I am shying away from because I'm scared. Like the partner dancing? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's hard. It sounds like you yeah. have some fear about bearing your body with others. Yeah. It feels maybe a bit unnatural. Um, yeah, or at least I unfamiliar. think I'm scared of being like physically very intimate and vulnerable. Yes. And that's yeah. reasonable. A lot of people feel that way. Like, yeah. And there are some people who I feel worse with when I partner dance. Like, not all of my dances are good. On sometimes my fault, sometimes it's other people's fault. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's. And I'm pretty sure I'm gonna make the other person feel like worse. <laughs> you should give yourself more credit. Yeah. I think you know people don't care that much, and if your intentions are good, it's fine. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you're not letting your desires get the better of you making people uncomfortable because I think like the quickest way to be an uncomfortable dance is to bring sex in when it wasn't asked no, no, for no no it's for me the opposite really yeah I feel like I'm being too wooden but then I think you're probably fine yeah. people might think well he was a little awkward but yeah, that's like yeah, that's awkward. it right like they're not gonna that you being awkward yeah, yeah. is not enough to damage someone else yeah you know yeah. usually actually partner dancing because it is physical intimacy in a non-sexual context is a little bit better because it's like a sandbox. Safe. Yeah, you can play around. Like, yeah. You can get used to feeling your body, interacting with others' bodies. I think so. Maybe I'm much... just thinking of an idea right now, but I think of ideas a lot of the time, and then they just fall by the wayside. Uh -huh. Is I'm just now starting my like postdoc now, so it's like kind of like the beginning of a new phase of my life. Good time maybe to start I'm something gonna, new. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna try sure. and go back to all the. Yeah. Lindy Hopping and the yeah. salsa in and the whatever. I started with Lindy Hop and I think Lindy Hop is a good dance to start with for a lot of people because it's very vocabulary focused a lot of the time it's uh, you can really like you can spend a long time just learning skills yeah. uh, in structured ways yeah. without having to know how to do it on your own yeah. whereas like some other dances like blues or fusion are a lot more freeform and it's really about like kind of finding your sense of yourself yeah. uh, which doesn't come as easily to people and yeah. so like Lindy Hop offers a really nice structure yeah. that like you can you can have done the move right or done the move wrong and you will feel the difference yeah. you know um, Salsa is another one that's like relatively structured so I think it's about finding yeah. a music that speaks to you yeah. that like you feel in your soul and just sticking with it long enough to give it a real try because yeah, I think yeah. like actually you don't know whether you like it or not until you're good enough to actually social dance which takes like maybe a month or three like of going every week once a week yeah, yeah i yeah. think if you've attended four to twelve social dances for like a lesson and an hour of social dance then you actually have learned enough and spent enough time thinking about it and practicing it that you'll 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 start to have felt what it feels like to social dance um, and not that everyone has to go social dance. There's tons of other ways that you can engage with body. You know, like I don't, I don't know what else I might say. But even playing sports is a form of nonverbal communication. You know, um, like just find something that lets you be in your body. Yoga is great. Rock climbing is great. Um, I don't think there are many things that are so co-creative as like partner dance or sports with your bodies, where like you're working together to create something very nonverbal. But also those are not the only forms of nonverbal communication. Like we haven't talked about art. We haven't talked about music. Like music is like dancing. When I dance, um, I'm communicating with a lot of things at once. I'm communicating with myself and my body. I'm communicating with my partner and their body. And I'm communicating with the music. And the music is also communicating with my partner. And then they're, they're conveying it through their body to me. Yeah. And I'm feeling something from them, 
and it's like they're their own little instrument and I'm my own little instrument and we're playing like a little little symphony with uh, whatever the song is you know we're playing it together and uh, that is so fun I love yeah, it yeah 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 um, I have a, a couple of friends who you know if you were not in the world of dancing or you didn't dance you would think okay dancing that's the thing it's an activity and the consequences of that remain limited to that world of your activity but I have oh, a couple of no. friends who have undergone complete life and personality yes. transformations and they're like fucking crazy about that and they wouldn't shut up about it and I was like I think it's I understand I think it's unlocking and releasing some energy uh -huh. that then starts to flow everywhere yeah you let you let yourself into your body yeah. and you let yourself into other people's bodies mm -hmm. and it feels like um, you know another like everything of... changes about them the way that they talk to people how yeah. nervous they feel when giving like public talks now yeah. everything changes so how anxious they feel about their general life everything changes yeah there's um so like have you ever sang in large groups like uh, maybe through i think the the no, most often place is through like a place of worship through some no. spiritual context. Oh, sang as a part of a large group. Yes. Oh, yes. No. Like, have you? Ever, you have not. I don't remember at least any recent times that I've done that. So you know, having been raised in Christianity, um, I went to these kind of like newer age churches that did a lot of singing, and like hymns are you know one thing, but we would do a lot of um, like more modern singing and things like that. But there's this feeling that I think that starts to well up inside of you when you're singing with a group and you're harmonizing with them and in the context of, of worship especially of being in a place of worship singing songs of worship you are also feeding your spirituality very actively like where you're trying to channel it and you're channeling it with each other and it like it's like the whole room rises you you go to a place that you can't get to just on your own you know it's like it's beyond a meditation it's like you you start to see God you start to see spirituality and, and I don't mean like Oh, you see Christian God. You see life. You see the world. You see connection. You see you see people and souls. And like this is God. This is life. It is existence. You know, you start to see it and you feel it. And it like dance brings it. When you're sharing music in a group with people, you get high. Like by the end, I will dance for eight hours straight. I will I will show up and just nonstop. I am engaging with bodies, and at the end, I feel high. Like yeah. just something generates inside of you that you can't get elsewhere when you have these communal experiences and like singing in groups is often like this or like being part of a jam circle with musical instruments mm -hmm. you enter the spiritual space where you are you are a body part in something larger than yourself mm -hmm. and that makes you feel so grand like you feel like you expand your yeah. consciousness grows yeah. to fill the space to fill the world yeah. to mix with it's others a kind of like a surrender of the tensed self to yes. like it's like absolutely a kind of dissolution into your environment yeah. and yeah. yeah and it is spectacular it is so so wonderful yeah. um, I, I i like the good and the bad of everything a lot i i I, no one likes feeling sad or feeling angry, I think, but a part of me enjoys it in both of those things, um, appreciates both of those things, finds value in both of those things, and is therefore happy to engage with them. You know, I think um, sometimes I'm scared of that. I'm sometimes I'm scared of talking about that because a lot of people really prefer to stay in the positive and the comfortable. Um, but I don't know, I think it enriches my experience and yeah. I, I want to have access to the whole range of communication with others. Like, I don't mind fighting with my friends. Like, and I don't mean physically fighting, I mean like arguing, you know, or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. 
it it means that we care about one another mm-hmm. and as long as we're still not trying to hurt each other you know like that's the, really the the, co- the side of the coin that I, I won't go to is like at no point am I trying to hurt somebody but that doesn't mean that I won't do things that are hurtful mm-hmm. you know um, when you when you get in a fight when you when you when someone says something that hurts you you might say something hurtful back and that's okay but if, if what it's a difference between doing something vengeful something intended to hurt yeah, yeah, yeah. versus something that happens to hurt yeah. you know and I, I um I think that this whole nonverbal communication and the spirituality and this dancing feels like I get to like there are times when I've held people in a dance and I can tell that they're somewhere they're like in some piece of themselves that hurts they're in a trauma and I just can hold them through it and they get to share like like I, I found out about uh, I watched a friend of mine experience their parents divorce in a moment of a dance with them where like I held them and I felt like their father for a moment, like hugging them. And it was a hug that they'd never gotten. Uh, and I didn't, they didn't say that to me, but I just knew it was true. Um, and later on, I, I found that that was true. But like, I didn't, I just felt it, you know, they just showed it to me. And they, they came out of the dance crying and they looked at me and they were like, thank you so much. I, I don't know what that was, but thank you. Um, and, and it was, I didn't mind. I did not mind that they were sad or that they were hurting and that they shared it with me. And I'm glad that I could be there with them. And I've had other dances that are like a bit more wrestling where like someone's angry and they're like, they want to get thrown around or they want to throw someone around. And like, maybe I did a little bit too at that point, you know, like, it's like, have you ever been in a mosh pit? Yeah. Yeah. It's like being in a mosh pit where like you just, you get sucked up in the soup and like (laughs) everyone in a mosh pit is being kind of violent. Like they like yeah. crashing around and banging and pushing and kicking yeah. and everything, but no one's trying to hurt each other. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just letting it out, you know. And that's the kind of wrestling that I, I uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's. Yeah, no, so I, 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 I like those things. I, I think I they're it. cool. You seem deep in thought. No, I was, I was, uh, I was very struck by the thing that he just said about the, about the, about the divorce. Thing. The divorce. Yeah. Do you want to go back to it? No, no, no. I just like I just felt it. I was just like I was just absorbing it for a little bit. Yeah, you can yeah. sit and absorb it. <laughs> Even verbally being vulnerable is something that has only been happening recently for you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people don't get me. I'm always like listening. Yeah, you are a good weight, Blah blah blah. Yeah. And that's all fine. That brings me some level of connection. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the time it's like one way. At the end of the day, I'm like, well, you know, I don't think they'll get what's going on with me, and I'm not even going to try because they're not going to get it. And, sometimes uh, you have to give people the chance yeah. to fail, you know? Like, not everyone will, but sometimes, a lot of times people will surprise you, yeah. or they'll send you in a different direction, you know? Like, yeah. even just letting it out can be beneficial for you. Exactly, exactly. So I started kind of, a couple people gave me this clue, and I started feeling it as well. I was like, Neil, I don't think you are in a place to honestly say that these people are failing you because you're not giving Giving them them the chance you're not even being vulnerable before you were even like one person vulnerable you have a picture in your mind of what the optimal thing would be for them to say if you were in their position and and you're like you don't think they'll do it and a lot of the times they won't and i'm like okay well that person sucked you know (laughs) that person sucked and i'm never doing it again so i'm always holding them up against a standard of how i would process and you're, you're actually you're you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're also like yeah. 
you're you're limiting yourself from being surprised you know because yeah. oftentimes like you think you know what you need but then actually someone will do something that is yeah. totally unexpected it's not yeah. what you thought you needed at all yeah. like and then it works you know actually i i set the bar even lower than that what? i was like if the even if the other person is like a stone wall it's going to be a better day that i was completely vulnerable it's true and i let that's out that's a my good emotions. way to do it and it has started to work yeah i once am you less you know tied up with my emotions once i've been like you know this happened yeah. and i feel heartbroken and lost yeah and then i and and it feels it it's hard to say it yeah and but then at the end of the day i was like neil that was kind of cool that you know nah, you said that's that that's ass bro yeah our <laughs> <Not> cool shit <laughs> Yeah, I feel like nicer about myself, you know? I feel like oh, Congrats. it's a little bit like oh, you're like child Neil. How can I blame you about it? <laughs> you have anything? to love child Neil. <laughs> yeah. You have to love them. Yeah. You know, I I kind of used to struggle with the same thing actually. The week that I first came out to people in public was I went to this week-long dance event. Yeah. And I met this girl uh because it was both of our birthday on during the event. Um and we were but we met people had told us about one another. earlier in the week but we had never met before that we had the same birthday they kept telling us cuz they were knowing that we had birthdays we didn't meet until the night of our birthday past midnight so it was beyond our birthdays we're both fucking drunk yeah. at like 2 a.m. just plastered and it was one of those like times where you meet someone and you just like lock eyes and you're like we are meant to be connected we are like so connected right now and so we celebrated the rest of our birthdays together and for the rest of the uh the conference we were like literally inseparable like we we moved into each other's rooms at the conference and just hung out and at first it was very platonic turned out to be like a wonderful fling one of my favorites that I've ever had um but there was a point when I was kind of getting vulnerable with her and um I had been listening to some of the things that she had had struggled with and and um you know I said you know I I have this problem where it's I love taking care of others. I love listening to their problems. Um but it's so hard for me to be vulnerable. It is so hard for and and I was still willing to share a lot of myself, but it was very hard for me to share things I was afraid of, you know, and be like genuinely vulnerable because I don't think being vulnerable is like how much you tell someone about yourself. I think it's about what feels dangerous, what feels unsafe or like what feels like something that if someone wanted to they could hurt you with it. And when you're vulnerable, it's that you're trusting that they're they're not going to hurt you that they're or going even, to take care of you or even if they do i'm going to be okay you're going to be okay <laughs> you know, like that yes. like how you were talking about before it's like the deeper worry. sense of uh, yeah yeah so long story short she she yeah. turns to me and she says do you like it when people open up to you share their stories I said yeah oh my god it's my favorite thing like it feels so good and she said and i like the way that she framed it uh cuz it was particularly good for like an anxious and service oriented person like i am she said refusing to be vulnerable in front of others is depriving them of the chance to take care of you and i liked that reframing a lot because it was what i th- i think was so unique about it to me was the use of depriving like she was saying you're actually committing a negative action by not giving them the chance to commit a positive one and and actually like you're taking this opportunity from them where you feel like you gain you feel better because someone has shared something with you and been vulnerable with you yeah but my default expectation is that their response is going to be negative for me that was kind of mine too i was yeah. always under the assumption that like or at least like it a disappointingly neutral one ah you should yeah, pick the right like people 
Yeah. You know, like you should use judgment, but I was always very afraid that I would be a burden to people. Uh, that like they didn't want to hear it, they didn't want to deal with it, like they didn't want to do emotional labor. So I gaslit myself away from ever having to be vulnerable. And um, I think that that framing just meant a lot to me. Like that that actually people enjoy taking care of one another. People enjoy when you're vulnerable with them and when you share what hurts, you know, because it gives them a chance to do something good and people like to do good things. And, and you're going to have people, like you said, who have a sh sadly neutral response. But um, actually, I think if you if you pick your moments right and you're not just like, there's this phrase in Russian, Kladovitskishki, and it means uh, basically like to spill your entrails, uh, to like open your stomach up. It's like spill your guts, but with a different connotation where spill your guts is kind of like talk about what you're feeling. Kladovitskishki is like, that's gross. Why did you pull that out? You should not have put that on the table. And you've done it without without someone's choice like you yeah. have just you have just whoo, yeah. thrown this gross thing onto them so one should not one should not just like throw their entrails all over people but that's not to say that you so it's again a balance walk the middle path you know you have to try to find people who you think have shown you that they feel open you know it's you're ex you're still exercising your discretion and yes. monitoring the vibes and absolutely it's like a feedback process right and just like hello random stranger here are my entrails <laughs> you don't like them ah <laughs> then it's not worth being vulnerable <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah I, so i think i am progressing now on this newly found path of becoming more vulnerably uh -huh. okay vulnerable yes but uh physically uh, you still feel like it's harder yeah, hey, I need, I it's, need to do something. It's but like it's, moving, remember? It's slow yeah. and you make progress one thing at a time. And you can't move it all at once, but as long as you keep moving, eventually you And I you don't even know why this is an issue with yeah. me. I can't remember why. Why do you think? Like why? I don't know. What I What is it, the issue that you're responding to? The feeling of like being afraid of being vulnerable or... Uh, the physical. The, the, the physical. physical intimacy and vulnerability. I don't know why it's... Uh, why do you feel like it's something that you've had a lot of practice with a lot of opportunities to be physically vulnerable there have definitely been quite a few opportunities that have like passed, 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 up. passed up okay yeah. so but the feeling of, to the of actually of the practicing it oh yeah. no they yeah. wanted it yeah. so it's 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 i think it's, i have had practice at a previous period of my life that was uh -huh. still during grad school but there's been a really long intermission since then <laughs> And do you feel like you had negative experiences when you were vulnerable? I think I am able to be physically intimate with someone when yeah. I'm feeling very like safe. I'm when I'm feeling like I'm in charge. I'm like I am providing care. Yes. Yeah. You feel like you have a use. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm like seeking care, it's very hard for me to a feel like this person can give me the care. I'm just scared of looking yes it's hard yeah I the only there may be better advice yeah. but the advice that I have is that you just have to be willing you have to just decide to let it happen be weak yeah. and practice it and, and you'll find I think it's especially good. hard because very quickly I lock onto people with such a jigsaw puzzle shaped relationship that uh -huh. I lock onto people where from the beginning my role is the caregiver ah uh, yes 
and then with these people in particular it's like really hard to be weak yeah. i think that we also seek out the relationships that we like best or that are good for our egos you know and so if what you're afraid of is vulnerability you're afraid of not feeling powerful and strong and dependable you seek out relationships of people who need someone to be powerful and strong and dependable so that you feel validated in, in that action. You know, people, yeah. people do this all the time and there's nothing wrong with it. But uh, being aware of what it is you're seeking out in others yeah. can often be a really strong indicator of what you are like. Yeah. You know, if you find that you're seeking out people, like I found that I was regularly seeking out people with a lot of emotional baggage who needed someone to be there for them, who needed someone to... Uh, decenter themselves and care for them and hold them up and those people gave me some like comfort in my own problems because even though they weren't helping me with them they made me feel like it was okay for me to have them and I get a lot out of helping people so it felt like um, it was healing for me to help other people through their problems because I learned from my own advice honestly <laughs> you know like I would be like well here's what I think you should do yeah. and then like I also was learning about what I would do like yeah. I was doing this hypothetical this imaginary play yeah, yeah, you know yeah. uh, but actually at some point I kind of didn't like how it felt almost like condescending to some degree that I was seeking out people who like I felt like I needed to save or I needed to heal or I needed to help um, and I still want to heal and help people but uh, I don't want people to rely solely on me you know like I want to give people the tools to care for themselves and um, I want to be loved and supported as well and I don't want to come into people's relationship where like I feel like uh, I want to create a perception for myself of myself where I'm great I'm fantastic and you need me and I will save you and look at all this good that I've done like I don't I don't want that to be where I'm coming from anymore so yeah. I tend to seek out relationships now where I'm learning from them as much as they're learning from me. You know, we're trading, we're working together. And so I'm not always the one on top. I'm not always the bigger person. I'm vulnerable and I'm weak and that's okay because that means I'm in a healthier relationship. <laughs> that was a Rick and Morty reference. I oh, that. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I kind of have to pee. Thanks for joining me and me today in the Room of Lives. It's been cloudy in Austin for days now, and I think some of my plants are upset. Also, my friend Alicia is visiting. You want to just make a sound? Make a sound. Okay, that sound was Alicia. So my friend Alicia is visiting, and we went to the Cathedral of Junk after many years. And we went climbing at the Austin Bouldering Project. Tonight, we plan to go to Coconut Club to dance <laughs> one of my co-op mates works there and he said he can let us in for free even though i do not have a valid id at the moment as to why i don't have a valid id that's a really long story which i am don't want to talk about right now okay cool take care until next time bye